Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Man, that music gets me pumped up. Hello, everyone. This is the premiere program for the Mike Abadir Show, and I am Mike Abadir, as well as the host of this show. Today is a great day, not just because it's the first show, but also because we will be joined in a few minutes by Raiders legend Morris Bradshaw. So I'm stoked and looking forward to discussing all things silver and black. Before we get to Mo, I want to set the table at the top of the show, get some of the basics out of the way. We are predominantly an interview-based show, but hey, listen, you guys out there, the listeners, are very much appreciated and encouraged to interact with us. I will try to get to as many tweets, emails, and questions as possible, and if we have some time, we might be able to take a call or two and see uh, what Mo thinks about this upcoming season, Las Vegas, and uh, some of the issues going on with the NFL right now. So... Here's how to get a hold of me. The call-in number is toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. Once again, toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. Email us at mike at themikeabadeershow.com. Give me your name and where you're from in the subject line. For those of you who don't know, the last name is spelled A-B-A-D-I-R. Mike at themikeabadeershow.com. Tweet me at mikeabadeer. All right, next week, our guest will be Todd Shrupp, longtime television host with TVG, the Horse Racing Network, and I will be accompanied by my man, co-host Gino Bacola. So that should be a lot of fun talking horse racing with those guys. All righty, let's get into it. Our first guest is someone I go way back with, all the way back to the second year of the Raiders' existence in the second time around, I should say, in Oakland, to be exact. This is back when people still read newspapers And I remember when my guest had to make a case as to why the Raiders should have something called a website in place. Uh, At this time, there were some people who even suggested out there that voodoo spells played a role in whether the Raiders won or lost ballgames, if you could believe that. So Mo and I, uh, that's an inside joke between us, and maybe we'll break that down a little bit, too. He is a two-time Super Bowl champion and a true Raider all the way around. He's been with the organization since 1974 when he was selected in the fourth round of the NFL draft out of the Ohio State University. He went on to play nine seasons in the NFL and is currently the Raiders senior administrator. He also serves as the director of alumni relations. More than all of that, he is a man that I have great respect and admiration for and someone I consider a very dear friend. Morris Bradshaw, how are you, my man? Hey, good morning, Mike. Excuse me. Good morning. Doing well, especially after that intro. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I'm sure it brought back a few memories, right? It absolutely, absolutely. It's been it's been a while, man, since we've uh, since we started on that journey. Yes, it has. It has, and it's been a good journey, definitely. And uh, I know the journey took you to Las Vegas, uh, and we'll get more into Las Vegas in a little bit. But first of all, thank you for coming on with us on a game day. I'm sure you've got a very packed schedule, so for you be, to be able to spend some time with us, it's an honor for me to have you. Well, thanks, Mike, and you know how I feel about you, and um, I'm I'm just completely honored uh, to be your first guest on your on your inaugural show. So, uh, for you for you, buddy, uh, we can we can we can figure it out. Hey, that means a lot to me. So let let's get right to it. Before we get to this uh, promising 2017 campaign, 
Let's take a look back at some of the best teams that built the profile and the aura of the Raiders for years and generations to come. I'm talking about the Raiders' glory years of the 70s. Mo, as a player, you were on some amazing teams led, led by legendary head coach John Madden. So let's set the table here. Between the years of 70 and 77, the team was in the middle of a historic run, which included six division titles, appearances in six AFC championship games. And then in 1976, you guys went 13-1 and in the regular season, went on to win the first Super Bowl by crushing Minnesota 32-14 to in Super Bowl XI. So here's my question. Although it was a great playoff run during that time, play, great playoff uh, run appearance-wise, the Raiders had been eliminated before you guys won the Super Bowl in five AFC Championship games prior to that. So when you guys uh, entered that 76 season, was there some pressure to kind of get over the hump? Uh, and ultimately, you guys defeated the two-time reigning Super Bowl winner, Pittsburgh Steelers, bitter, bitter rival of yours. How was that experience as a third-year player and to win in such dominating fashion and what was the pressure like? And just kind of walk us through that season and that time period. Well, I'm not sure, um, um, you know, how much pressure there was to, to win that game. I, I think coming here when I did, Mike, in 1974, um, and the success that, that the Raiders had had up until that point, um, I was young, um, inexperienced, um, um, very in awe if you will, um, of even being in the National Football League. Um, I was a follower. Uh, we had some great examples to follow here. Uh, Fred Parnikoff, sure. Gene Upshaw, mm-hmm. Willie Brown, to name a few, Jim Otto. But um, um, in that, those years leading up to 76, you know, we were, um, my rookie year, we finished 12-2. and two the regular season, and it's a great trivia question because uh, we didn't win the Super Bowl that year, but that that was the, the uh, best uh, single single uh, season um, um, uh, record for that season, um, 74. Uh, in 75, uh, we were 11-3, and three, and uh, we were eliminated by Pittsburgh again <clears throat> in the AFC Championship game. And then in 76, as you stated, uh, we, we beat Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship game here in um, um, here in Oakland, and then we went on uh, and and beat the Minnesota Vikings in in, in the Super Bowl. Looking back on it, um, you know, after spending a few years in the league, um, I, I have a philosophy in life that I've developed that you know timing is everything, and uh, being in the right place at the right time, and I think that's what happened for myself. Um, coming to the Raiders, um, Mark Van Egan, Dave Casper, Henry Lawrence. Uh, Henry was number one. Dave Casper was number two. Draft choice. Uh, Mark Van Egan was number three. I was number four. And when you look back at our careers and what we added, um, we came to a, a pretty well-established team um, that was having some issues. Um, um, you know, always losing to the, an eventual uh, AFC, uh, AFL at that, or AFC Super Bowl champion. And uh, it was Miami at one point, and then Pittsburgh, and, but the Raiders were always in the mix. So um, it was just a great opportunity, lo- looking back on it, um, and it was very timely. Um, happy to have been available, and certainly more than happy that the Raiders made a, made a good choice. <laughs> Sure, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned a lot of guys, and the defensive side of the ball was, was stacked. Obviously, as a wide receiver, 
and um, you know playing a role in special teams and things of that nature. You guys really had a fantastic offense. I mean, that year, Kenny Stabler led the AFC in passing. You had Cliff Branch, Belitnikoff, yourself, you know, Casper, the tight end, as you mentioned, and Mark Van Egan and Clarence Davis in the backfield. And that O-line, you know, filled with Hall of Famers, especially on that left side, anchored by Shell and Gene Upshaw and the center, Dave Dalby. I mean, what was it like being a part of that? Well, it was... It was- well, it was fantastic. Uh, but as I said, you know, that was my third year. 76 was my third year in the league. Um, I don't know how much we, I think we set a record um, in the NFL for um, total yards in a season. And uh, we also may have set a record for uh, average yards per game, uh, rushing, um, passing. We, you know, the league was much different. Uh, then than it is today. Um, you almost threw when you wanted to uh, in that era, and today, it, I mean, people lead with the pass. So um, it, it was, I mean, it was outstanding. My um, rookie year, 74, <clears throat> I was injured, and uh, I had no receptions, uh, no stats. I <laughs> uh, came back in 75, though, and uh, I had seven receptions, four of them were for touchdowns. And uh, I think I averaged uh, uh, oh, 25 yards a, a catch, and uh, I mean, you know, pretty pretty big. But I was a deep threat then, and and it, when you got opportunities to play, you know, late in the game or or what have you, it was um, you, you weren't going against the the front line guys. Naturally, after a season like that, I started thinking. I started thinking that okay, I'm worthy. And you naturally think that the next season is going to be even better. In 76, we ended up in the Super Bowl winning, but I only caught one pass that year. Uh, it was for a touchdown, uh, but uh, it, it, you know, not a, something I was happy with personally. But overall, team-wise, I, we won the Super Bowl. It doesn't get much better than that. So um, for me personally, Mike, it, it, was, just, it was awesome. The, my whole experience here with the Raiders has has just been um, incredible. It's the best way to put it. Absolutely incredible. It sounds like it. And you know, before we, we we move on from from that Super Bowl and that season, you know, we got about two minutes before we take our first break here. You know, for those who don't realize how epic of a Super Bowl matchup that was, there were ten Raiders who would become future Hall of Famers out of that game. Mm-hmm. Eight players, plus the owner, Mr. Al Davis, and John Madden would all become Hall of Famers. And then on the other side, there were seven Vikings, six yeah. players plus the head coach, Bud Grant. I mean, at that time, did you guys realize that, you know, you were in the midst of, of uh, uh, I mean, 18 Hall of Famers in a Super Bowl game? There has to be some sort of record. Well, <clears throat> nobody was a Hall of Famer at that time. And I'm fairly certain that um, that probably wasn't the number one thing on, on most guys' minds. Uh, sure. It, it, we were just out playing and trying to win football games. You mentioned the amount of talent that was here with the Raiders, and as I said, I basically just followed. Uh, everybody seemed to know where they were going, and I wanted to be there with them. So uh, it seemed to work, you know. Uh, but it was it was a great group, and as I said, uh, you know, the timeliness of it. Um, that year, '76, uh, our regular season, we were 13 and one, and uh, we lost one game to, to the New England Patriots that year. And uh, but it was just an awesome, awesome football team. Um, yeah. And you know, one never knows, you know, you, you know where you are, or what you've been doing, 
and this is great for me because we're looking back on, on, on things and I have a totally different perspective from my, from my, uh, my viewpoint right now. Sure. Uh, but it was just, uh, you know, timing is everything, Mike. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of timing, we got about a minute here before we get to our first break. How, how sweet is it that the snake finally got his due? Well, it's, 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 it's bittersweet. Um, from my perspective, I would say for his family, they're elated uh, to sure. finally, you know, uh, have that, that recognition. Um, I, I, <laughs> I hope not a, a lot of other people uh, think the way that I do, but it, it was just, uh, um, I mean, he, it's almost like we had to wait for him to die. And because his stats didn't change. Um, his impact on the game didn't change. Um, maybe it was because there weren't there were only a few slots, and it's the process that that the Hall of Fame goes through. Um, you know, looking back, deserving absolutely. Um, the timing of it though was just a little little um, I don't know, a little difficult. Uh, it it yeah. makes you just think a little bit outside the box. That's all. Absolutely, makes me think that way anyway. Sure, you know that. You know that's. Uh you know, that's some, some raw, I could tell that it, it brings up a lot of uh, thoughts, emotions, feelings, uh, you know, close teammate of yours. But, you know, we're thankful that he's made it into the Hall of Fame and thankful that his family got to experience that. I wish he had an opportunity to experience that in person. But on the go. other side of the break, let's continue with this conversation because I want to ask you a few questions and even uh, give you a trivia question. See uh, what you remember from that Super Bowl in Pasadena. Great. So we'll, we'll we'll be back in a few moments here, and uh, our guest is Morris Bradshaw of the Oakland Raiders. We'll see you guys in a few short seconds. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Life is complicated and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session or don't know who to turn to. That's where BetterHelp comes into play. With BetterHelp, I can get matched with one of over 2,500 licensed and approved counselors and therapists and get help anytime, anywhere, totally private. For a flat weekly fee starting at $35, I can connect with my counselor via text, chat, video conference, or phone, which is great for me because I'm always on the go. And I can go back to previous sessions whenever I want through my secure account from anywhere in the world. It's a great feeling to know that help is there, affordable, private, and convenient to my schedule. We all can use a little help. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash VA health and register for free. You can try it for seven days without being charged on your credit card and get matched with a licensed counselor usually within 24 hours. Get better help today at betterhelp.com forward slash VA health. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 888 
1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadeershow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Raider Nation, we have Raiders legend Morris Bradshaw talking all things Raiders. If you'd like to be a part of the show, you heard the number, you've got the email, tweet me at Mike Abadir. So, Mo, let's get back uh, to where we left off, which is talking about the Super Bowl runs and Kenny Stabler uh, finally getting his due and being inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. You know, let's kind of shift the focus a little bit to um, to John Madden. Uh, I've got some younger cousins who think that Madden is just a name for a video game. Uh, <laughs> oh, what, what made John Madden great as a leader and, and also from an X's and O's perspective? Well, um, I can give you the, you know, the Mo Bradshaw version. Um, I'm Please. sure there are others. And... Um, you know, my uh, interaction and relationship with John was first five years of my career, Coach Madden. And um, as I said, you know, those first five years, I was basically, you, you, you followed the group. So there wasn't a lot of, of, of interaction. Um, I know Dave Casper, I think, explains it the best way that, you know, a lot of, a lot of fans think we, we all got along and hung out together and that whole deal. But, you know, with the coach... I mean, if he talked to you or called you in his office, it's like going to the principal's office, you know, it just didn't look good. So, uh, um, uh, John was awesome. I think for me personally, his number one attribute was at that time was his ability to communicate with everyone. And it's something that I still think about today in the business world, dealing with different personalities. Uh, we and we had a, a, a. Not only did we have a lot of different personalities, but um, you were. Um, I don't want to say you were encouraged, but you were not discouraged in being who you were. And the amazing thing about that, Mike, for me is that you had these, you know, forty-five uh, guys, fifty guys, you know, that practice, and everybody came from a different a different background maybe, you know, whether, uh, you know, geographically, spiritually, racially. But this amazing thing about the Raiders was that at game, on game day, at game time, everybody was one. And everybody was for one purpose, and that was to win. And I've, that just sticks out in my mind. Uh, today's team, um, uh, under Coach Del Rio, I... I, I see a lot of the similarities there. But um, um, I think that, you know, one thing in talking about Coach Madden, that would be the one thing that just jumps out. His ability to communicate and, and allowing guys to be themselves, but allowing them to, to, to be for one purpose uh, or encouraging them and getting us all to be of one purpose at game time. Well, that makes a lot of sense, right? Because communication is what he brought to the table and he parlayed that skill set into an equally successful post-coaching career as a communicator on television, right? Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, and, and now his video game communicates to all the kids. Well, (laughs) a quick little story about his his video game. So a number of years ago, um, well, not too long ago, um, I did some volunteer work for a nonprofit over in Oakland and um, uh, it was a... um, uh, I think it was called First 
step, learning first step. But anyway, they, they, it was run by two nuns, and they provided um, tutoring, and, and, and most of the folks that were there uh, were looking to finish their GED, their okay. GEDs. And, and you had a lot of professionals, lawyers, uh, accountants that would come in and tutor. And I was uh, given an opportunity and asked to come in, and I guess my role was more of a life coach, um, speaking to a group of men for about an hour, one week a day, just about life, and you know maybe trying to do a little pep talk and encouraging them to continue on their endeavor and congratulating them, number one, for taking these steps. And one of the um, analogies that I tried to draw with this group was co- with Coach Matt as, as a football coach. And I told the, the story, and I got no reaction in the room at all. And then the video game came up, and it dawned on me then that none of these kids in, in the room were old enough to remember Coach Madden as a football coach. <laughs> and they, they remembered me. him as a broadcaster, but they all knew him for his video game. Of so, course. Well, he, he wasn't on their, if he wasn't on their fantasy team, then he better be on their uh, video game console if they're going to remember him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, he, he kind of took that ability to communicate, and is, I made a, a, a very, very nice career, broadcasting career out of it. So, Absolutely. Hey, is he still involved with the team? And if, and if so, uh, uh, you know, how, how involved is he? Well, I I don't know. Um, I I I do not believe he's involved in day to day operations. Um, I would think that if if Mark Davis um, um, had a concern or had a question or needed some advice, that uh, Coach Madden's uh, phone and and ear would be readily available to him. Sure. Um, but as far as him, you know, being around and, and every day, you know, I think he's respectful of. You know the folks that are here today, um, but if any one of us or anyone here um, had a question or needed coach, I'm, I think we all know how to how to reach him. Or, um, but I I don't believe he's involved day to day. And and you know he's he's got his own uh, life and his own concerns, I think. And and uh, the Raiders are probably part of that. Not all of that, but they're probably part sure. of it. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I'd be interested to uh, find out a little bit more about how he feels about the the, the ring to the name Las Vegas Raiders. Um, you know, it's, it's probably a little bit foreign, at least when he first ho- heard it. But um, I, I, I know he's he's a Raider for life, so I'm sure he supports the team regardless of where the team is actually playing. I don't um, think so. Yes. Yeah. So. Before we get to uh, the 1980s Super Bowl and, uh, you know, your time with Coach Flores, I I do have a trivia question for you. And we're going to put you on the spot here a little bit. So I know you were in the locker room during that halftime show in 1976 Super Bowl. Do you remember who the halftime show was? I have no idea. Okay, this is this is going to show you how, how much times have changed. Are you ready for this? The halftime show was produced by Disney and based on It's a Small World, and it included the L.A. Unified All-City Band. How about that for a halftime show? Wow. <laughs> Not quite Prince or, or, or Madonna or Bruno Mars or Michael Jackson, huh? 
Well, since you know Beyonce knocked out all the uh, the electricals, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, you've come a long way, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, wow. some other some other interesting tidbits that I, I kind of looked into when I was uh, refreshing my memory about that game. Obviously, that was played in Pasadena in front of 103,000 fans, over 103,000 fans. But what I found peculiar was that the start time to the game was 12:47 p.m. I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting. I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, when I look back at that game, one of the things that really stands out to me was Willie Brown's 75-yard INT return to to kind of really ice ice the game, and um, that was that really was just a fantastic Super Bowl. And obviously, the uh, Snake Kenny Stabler became the first Southpaw lefty quarterback to win a Super Bowl, not to be matched until Steve Young did it. You know, 18, 20 years later, something like mm-hmm. that. And then the other interesting thing that I uh, that I was reading the other day was that the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Bud Grant, not only did he play in the NFL for the Philadelphia Eagles and the CFL for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but he played for the Minneapolis Lakers. I had no idea. I had no idea either. Uh, yeah. He's uh, interesting. Well, these were all interesting uh, people uh, coming yes. along at that time and uh, very talented. Uh, but, you know, we didn't have the social media or the media coverage that we have today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody is, uh, you know, in it, today, you know, we're looking for content. We're looking for stories. And, I, I, you know, that's where I think these little tidbits about, you know, who people really are other than who we think they are comes into play. That's very true. That's very true. And, uh, you know, before before we get to our next break, let's at least uh, start exploring the uh, Super Bowl from the 1980 campaign. You know, it's interesting to me because you experienced being a player with the swirling talks of a lingering, lingering move at that time from Oakland to L.A. And once again, we'll get to the Vegas move a bit later. But what are your memories of playing in that environment? Um, well, <laughs> as a player, um, I don't think you get caught up in, in that conversation as much because the reality of it is your, your, your situation could be transient anyway. And that, that's what kind of sort of happened to me. Um, you, you know, we were, and I think the Raiders did a very good, good job of, and, 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 and Al Davis, Mr. Davis, they, they did a very good job of keeping distractions away from the team mm-hmm. and, and keeping everyone focused on the, the, the task at hand. And that was who we were playing and winning. Um, and I, I've always admired the Raiders for, for that ability to focus, um, um, and again, you know, as a player, you, 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 I mean, it's we're, we have families, we have lives, we have concerns. But you know, my my deal was in '82. We, I, my wife, we had some interesting conversations about the move. And the reality of it was, I ended up in New England, and um, um, my. Uh, b- b- Wife and every my family stayed here, and before we were all talking about going to L.A. or stay here in Alameda or, or or what have you. So again, I think that supports that you can't as a player. You're you know it's a team, and you and you're playing to win, um, and you don't really get caught up in the the, the I guess the life cycle of it. Um, you know, and I know family is and and um, you know your your spouse, your kids. 
uh, they adapt. Um, I hope that's not, I don't mean to sound callous or what have you, but it is a business. And I think from a player's perspective, uh, that's where I was at now. My perspective today is different, but my, my, uh, my viewpoint is different. And, sure. And um, uh, maybe we'll pick that up a little later too. But I, I think, you know, as a player, regardless of whether it was back in, in my era or even today, you know, the focus is, is, is winning football games. And uh, we went way too long here not winning football games. Uh, we went way too long. Oh, it feels good. Feels good. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, we're 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 heading into a commercial break in a second here. But I'll tell you this: you know, as you know, as an NFL agent, I work with players, uh, athletes, NFL players who experience uh, a franchise moving all all the time. Right? Uh, their own franchise, their own family, like you like you suggested. You know, um, I know it's different when a team is relocating. But you know, hey, if you're cut, if you sign, get signed as a free agent, if you're traded. Yeah, that's that's your franchise moving. That's your own personal franchise moving from one place to another. So I expect that the uh, current squad will be well equipped to be able to handle this move to Las Vegas. And uh, it's very interesting to get your perspective on the mindset back in 1982, because I don't know if it's much different uh, today. Let's take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll continue speaking with Morris about the Super Bowl team that won as a wild card. And then we'll shift the focus a little bit to today's uh, issues confronting the NFL, the promising 2017 NFL campaign for the Raiders, and many, many more things with Morris Bradshaw. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports... sports. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's one 888 
346-9144 or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadierShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. We are joined by Raiders great Morris Bradshaw, and we are taking a trip down memory lane covering some of the Epic moments in Raiders history from the 1970s and early 80s, talking about legendary players, teams, Hall of Famers, events, things that really shaped the history of the NFL and how we know it today. Once again, uh, you heard the call-in number, 888-346-9144. Email me, mike at themikeabadirshow.com, or tweet me at mikeabadir, A-B-A-D-I-R. Morris, let's get back to it. We were finishing up before the break Mm -hmm. uh, talking about the 1980 season and uh, being the first wildcard team that ever won the Super Bowl. To me, the irony of that season was this. So Al Davis traded Stabler to Houston for Dan Pastorini, Mm -hmm. who would end up getting hurt during the season and getting replaced by Jim Plunkett who would then go on to beat Stabler and the Oilers in the playoffs. Sounds like an unbelievable season. I mean, uh, you, you couldn't even script it narrative-wise to be any more intriguing. Well, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, that type of intrigue may exist um, and, and probably does exist with other uh, franchises, NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA. But around the Raiders, we, we, we I don't know, the mystique, we tend to, do it more than than anyone else, and you know that year, uh, as you stated, you know Snake was in Houston along with Jack Tatum, mm-hmm. and, and then part of that trade also was uh, uh, Kenny King, uh, mm-hmm. um, and and Jack Tatum. So uh, uh, I'm sure you know Kenny has his perspective on you know what that game meant. Um, we kind of were well, we weren't we weren't kind of we were a better we were a better football team. Um, at that point, and we were growing. Uh, we were getting better with each, each game that year. Um, um, it was ironic that we ended up playing them, but I guess it was also, um, I guess it was in the cards, prophetic. Uh, but, it, it, but later, um, we uh, end up uh, going back to the Super Bowl um, and playing Tampa and had traded John Gruden to Tampa um, uh, during the off season, and ended up playing Tampa in the Super Bowl. Uh, I look at um, uh, Coach Del Rio growing up here in the uh, in the in the Bay Area, and uh, a Raiders fan, and now all of a sudden he's the head coach of the team here. I, I don't know. There's just a, you know Mark Davis uh, growing up um, uh, with his dad around the team, and and uh, eventually becomes the owner of the team. Uh, um, a lot of great stories. I don't know if other teams have that many, but uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know, Mike. <laughs> it, it does seem a little strange. Well, I, I would say uh, that it's a very short list of teams that have the history, the winning tradition. Uh, I know for you know during my you know time period with with you with the Raiders. You know, I remember one of the things that really stood out was you know. Um, having having success in in each of the decades i know there was a there was a little bit of a of a lull and a gap you know between the early 2000s and and the time period that we're in right now but collectively from beginning of the franchise's start date till today 
there are very few teams that have the lore that the Raiders have. You know, some teams have some recent history or some middle of the NFL, you know, year, you know, in the 80s type history or that type of thing. But from top to bottom, very few teams can, can match that. And being that that's the case, I know that there, there are a lot of uh, Raider alums and, and I'd like to spend some time talking about the Raider alums in, in a few minutes here. But I, I wanted to ask you whether it be teammates, alums, friends from around the league. Uh, and I know this is a little bit of a difficult subject matter for guys maybe to open up about, but are you finding that guys are opening up a little bit more about their health issues, whether it be, you know, uh, uh, you know hips, knees, joints, shoulders, et cetera, uh, or maybe uh, you know, mental health issues or, or severe issues uh, relating to CTE, you know, are, are guys starting to open up a little bit and have candid conversations amongst themselves or amongst, you know, the fellow former teammates and, and colleagues, or is that still kind of slowly coming out? Um, I believe we progressed in that, in that area. Um, it is a difficult topic um, for men, I think, to talk about your, your health, um, even with family members, and to talk about your, your personal finances. Um, I think for, uh, uh, for way too long, the NFL did not do a good job of embracing um, its former players. And I think a lot of guys uh, were scarred by that and, and became very distrustful of the National Football League. Um, and, you know, and I'd say in many cases, rightly so. Uh, sure. Now, in contrast to that today, I think the NFL is doing a fantastic job of, uh, of being involved in the dialogue. Um, I think we do have more guys uh, that have been able to get assistance. And, you know, when if it's good or bad, you know, a lot of the guys, will, will they'll, they'll talk to one another. And I think they'll talk to one another before they'll talk to, to, to anyone else. Um, so in that regard, I, I would like to believe that, you know, we have progressed, but I can't help saying right behind that that we've still got a long, long way to go. Sure. Um, uh, you know, there is a stigma attached to, um, I think, uh, a stigma with a lot of guys, whether we're talking about, you know, concussions or, um, I mean, just your, your, your general well-being. I think the NFL, for, you know, has taken the initiative that for too long the, the stories that were out were all negative about our guys. Uh, bad things that had happened. And we really weren't talking about, you know, so I think general public starts thinking that, you know, everybody is, in, you know, in financial dire straits or they have bad health. And I think there's a campaign now with the National Football League to uh, talk about some positive stories that we do have guys that have gone on to become uh, U.S. senators. Um, um, we have a congressman, I believe, it's congressman and one of our former players, Napoleon Harris, in Chicago, state of Illinois. Um, we, we've had, uh, it escapes me now, but we've had other instances of guys going on and participating either at a government level or, or some other professional level, lawyer, uh, doctors. Uh, but, you know, our society today, these are, you know, these are positive stories and they don't sell newspapers and they don't, they don't garner any, any interest. Um, you know, the more... Um, uh, Oh, sex, drugs, rock and roll, if you will, um, as a lure. Uh, our society seems to have an appetite for that. 
Absolutely. So, um, having having said all that, I think I'd like to commend the NFL at this point, anyway, of um, you know their involvement, their participation, their listening. But you know, again, we've got a long, long way to go. Yes, we do. And you know, you mentioned newspapers a, a, a second ago. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw this, but there was an article in yesterday's New York Times which stated that uh, ex-ESPN college football commentator Ed Cunningham, who is a yeah. former NFL player, resigned from his position. And I'm paraphrasing here, but basically he said he resigned because he could no longer support football due to the revelations about brain trauma and what he had seen from former teammates like Dave Duerson go through. What do you think when you hear things like that or when you hear about early retirement for players due to health concerns and things of that nature? Well, it it it. It encourages me, and it, it to to the to the point that uh, there there is dialogue, and the dialogue is having um, an effect. Um, you know, I'd I'd have to um, um, commend the young man for taking a stance, and and not just verbally saying it, but backing it up. Um, it's his choice. Um, it brings a you know a, a certain amount of attention. I don't know if he did it to bring attention, or if it's just a a, a, a personal. It sounds like it's more of a personal deal that, um, you know. I'm, I, now I don't know what his background is. I don't know, you know, any injuries. I don't know what all he's seen. But based on the the action that he has taken, I, I would say that he's he's seen enough. Yeah, and, I think uh, so. I think he's kind of basing that just on, you know, uh, a moral stance more than anything else, you know, yeah, and yeah. wanting to, you know, take a position. And he's a, in a unique opportunity where he can leave a really sweet job. You know, he said he loved the job. He said there's no other job that I'd rather have. So, you know, salute to him for being courageous enough uh, and and being in a position to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. There was a young man with the uh, 49ers here uh, two years ago, I think, that, um, I think, was it Borland? Is that his name? Yes. Um, I apologize if I messed that up, but I think his stance was that um, uh, he had a pretty good, I think it was after his rookie year, he had a pretty good season, and he decided to retire. Yeah, he was probably one of the more up-and-coming linebackers and and had a fantastic season. Yeah, sorry to interject, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't know... You know, we see the back end of it. I don't know what all he saw or what all he's experienced to, um, you know, have him draw that conclusion. But it must have been pretty profound. Sure. And sure. Um, it, you know, I, you know, support it. And but you just, I support his decision, and it's it is his decision. Um, it's a, you know, I don't know, being in under the same circumstances, but you know, our life, our life situations, we're, we're all different. Uh, we're all motivated differently. Um, in many cases, we're, I think we could be motivated similarly, but, you know, at the end of the day, we, we all grow up, um, you know, a little different, um, different goals. Um, um, you know, I grew up in a era where I never thought we could have a, uh, um, a black president. So, uh, you know, things change. Uh, perspectives yes. change. Viewpoints change. But I, I'm a strong believer as long as there's dialogue, there's a chance. But when you're not talking, I don't know, it just makes it tougher. No, you're exactly right. And, and, and speaking of changes, quick question for you before we go to break, and we may have to answer it on the back half. But, you know, when, when you played, professional football was 
much more violent. And that violence, the rawness of football, was not only celebrated, but it popularized the sport during a time that the competition with baseball was fierce, the national pastime. Uh, whether we knew it and didn't care or whether we ignored the possibilities, the fans really soaked it up when guys got leveled and helmets flew off. My question to you, which I'll have you answer on the other side of the break, is, you know, although that physical nature can never be truly legislated out of the game, at what point do we get to where we say the game has softened to the point where it's materially changed and what made it so good to begin with is then gone? We'll get to that right after this. Thank you for joining us on the Mike Abadir Show with Morris Bradshaw. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Sitting here with Morris Bradshaw of the Oakland Raiders talking football, the Raiders past, present, and future. Man, I'll tell you, I wish we had two hours with you, Mo, because <laughs> this hour is flying by. So I'm going to try to be a little bit more rapid fire because I still have a lot of things I want to get to with you. I think you are about to quickly jump in with answering my question regarding whether football has softened to the point to the detriment of the sport. I would say that it is softened to the detriment of the sport. I would agree that it, in some regards the game has softened. It is different um, today. Um, I think the game is played differently. I think it's coached differently. It's officiated differently. 
um, and it's going to continue to change. Um, you know, my era there there weren't there was no fantasy football. Uh, we didn't have twenty four hour um, sports programming. Um, you kind of got your football. You know, Monday Night Football became um, um, a novelty. Um, that that you were you know you hustled home from work on Mondays, and it it became even uh, Monday Night Football became bigger than Sunday football, um, mainly because it was the only game on at that sure. time. And the NFL, you know, right or wrong, good or bad, did an outstanding job of, in my opinion, of promoting that aspect of it. Um, now today, you know, there's fantasy football and. Um, you know, the Madden uh, football game, which uh, I never became a real big fan of, mainly because it was too realistic. <laughs> um, and, and what I mean by that is, it, it, in my opinion, it may have helped to discourage um, some of our youth not to actually go out and experience uh, the playing of, of, of the sport, but just sitting and, and, you know, and living the reality, if you will, through a video game. I think that video games in general are preventing kids from just playing sports more than than in the past. You know, well, but their their sense of of engagement, if you will, I think has changed. And and, and the detriment to that is I've I've always felt that any team sport um, is is good. Um, but not everybody's going to become the professional athlete, and, and but you, you know, team sports it, it 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 taught me, and I think it teaches us. You know how to work with other people, how to communicate better, um, um, how to you know when you know when someone is relying on you to get you know to hold your end up. Um, you know one of the things with the Raiders as as a younger player that uh, we, you know we talked about a lot and you know what what our motivations were and one was that you just didn't want to let your teammates down. Um, and that you know that's what happens inside of a team. Look at the Golden State Warriors, and look at how they're playing and how unselfish they are on the court. But then I also hear stories, and I've talked to several people about how well they all get along off the court. So it's not just something you turn on and off. It's something that you know you do and practice um, on on a on a daily basis. So to to getting back to the to, to answer your question, though, yes, I I think the game has changed. Um, one could say it, it has softened, um, um, but then again, I know guys and and um, that are having some issues. I know many more guys that are concerned. Um, you know, I even find myself sometimes. You know, I forget. You know, I'm getting busy, and you forget. You know, where you're going here in the office. You generally pick it up, and um, but these things. You know, you say, "Hey, is this?" normal or because I've been doing this for a while or is this something I need to pay attention to so you know it, it is you know top of brain um, I still you know think it's a great sport for a lot of a lot of other reasons um, character building you know all, all of those things and uh, um, I'm hoping that we can continue to build on that and I hope the game doesn't just go away but you know, based on the appetite, I think, of the general public and, and what folks want, they will dictate what their interactions are going to be. Sure, sure. Well, you know, this is a subject matter that we could spend a lot of time on. Oh, yeah. And I was uh, I was even thinking about asking you if, if you could even recall how many concussions you may or may not have had. But 
we'll we'll have to table those topics and and, and conversations for for the next go around. Uh, maybe we could circle back up during the season and get an update on how the Raiders are doing. So uh, we got about four minutes left on the show. Let's talk about the 2017 team very quickly. The club didn't lose any starters in free agency. The Raiders' first-round pick, Conley, the cornerback out of The Ohio State University, has passed his physical, been cleared to practice. Second-round pick made his debut last week against Dallas. Donald Penn is back with the team. Carr is getting his legs back underneath him. Mo, how far can this team go? Well, it's a team that can, I mean, they can go as far as they want. Um, I think we will. I think this it's a young team. Um, they've now played together, um, you know, for, for two, three years. Um, um, you know, injury is the one thing that you, you, you just can't coach against. So you, you would hope that, you know, the fates are with you there and, and, but you, you have to still go out and play, um, because of the structure of the, of the league today and rosters, it's, it's very difficult to have a lot of depth, um, I think we've, in my opinion anyway, we have more talent around this team now than we've had in a long time. And, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of pieces in place. You know, Reggie McKenzie, our general manager, has done, a, done an outstanding job, I think, um, um, bringing talent in and his, his uh, player personnel department. Um, you know, we could talk about the front, front office side of things here and, you know, the... the um, um, just the way since Mr. Davis passed away, the the way we have reorganized this organization and um, how we how we deal now is it, much differently than 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 how it was in the past. Um, things will continue to change, Mike. Um, sometimes it's it's you know for the for the good, and sometimes it isn't isn't quite so good for us. But one of the things we like to say to our former players, I do anyway, and. And, you know, that is when we we call guys and invite them out to an event or let them know about something. And I always want to let them know that, you know, our our main goal is to make sure that they know and that we truly, truly understand that not everything we do is going to be for everybody every time. And uh, but we just want everybody that wants to participate to know that, you know, we're doing things and uh, they're more than welcome. Um, and I think how many alums do you have in the network with you right now? Well, as as far as having um, uh, email addresses and and current um, uh, contact info, um, um, you know, a, a, a mailing address, we're working with a, a, a pretty consistent number of about four hundred and seventy five. And I, I'm sorry, excuse me. I wish it was four seventy five, three hundred and seventy five. And uh, this is uh, you know guys that these are not guys that just played for the Raiders. These are guys that played for other teams. And the interesting thing for us is, and we just had a, a, an alumni weekend at training camp uh, just about a month ago. Yeah, a month ago today, yesterday. And um, we had about, about 107 guys we've counted, we think. But these guys come in and out, so it's hard. But it was about 107 guys. Last year, we had 92. And guys are interested. They, they want to come. 
um, um, they want to see one another. Uh, we had the NFL come out, and we did a, a an, an informational seminar. I'm trying to jam a lot of stuff in here real quick. Yeah, you know, we actually got uh, about 30 sec- seconds left, and I and I, I hate to uh, to end this so so abruptly because this is such an interesting conversation. Maybe we can have it you went back. Very well. and, and, Thank you. Yeah, you Thank know, you. and and. And, and maybe we could have you back. We could resume this conversation. And better yet, if there are any Raider alums out there who have uh, been, you know, out of touch with, with the team for a while, get a hold of Morris. You know, call over at the Raiders facility, connect with Morris, and uh, get back there. I've, I've spoken with a couple of my former clients, or clients who are former Raiders, I should say, about recircling up. And, um, you know, hopefully this network will grow. And, and let's circle back up with you. We've got a lot of emails here, by the way, saying, great job, go Raiders. Um, will the Raiderettes be in, in, in Las Vegas, or do you select a new squad? Um, Super Bowl or bust? I'm just reading it really quickly down the list here. But huge thank you to Morris Bradshaw. You've been fantastic. You rocked it. Let's do this again soon. Okay, Mo? Let me know, Mike. Anytime, buddy. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, everybody, right. for joining in. And see you next week. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a great week.